You're watching The Sports Objective, the podcast for Pirates. You're watching the Pirate Football Playback on the Sports Objective. Join us every Sunday night on our YouTube channel and Facebook Live as we talk East Carolina football. Now, here are the guys. Welcome in to the Pirate Football Playback right here on the Sports Objective, brought to you by our good friends at NK Custom Homes and I want to thank uh, Kevin K.K. Walker. Appreciate you, buddy, for your second year in a row for the uh, great support of the, this program of TSO and, of course, uh, Pirate Football Playback. With us right now, ladies and gentlemen, Kyle from the Grange Barber. What's up, dude? What's going on, uh, Dave, Matt? Uh, my my, uh, my first podcast back since the surgery last Monday. Uh, I'm healing up, um, unfortunately. Just the beginning. It wasn't the end. Um Looks like I might have some chemo in my future. So everybody keep me in your thoughts and prayers. Appreciate the thoughts and prayers uh, up to this point. Uh, it's helped a lot. And uh, yeah, that's a, that's a long answer to a quick hello. What's going on, Matt? Guys, what's going on, Kyle? It's always great to have you back. Um, I know, I know for a fact it was hurting you yesterday not to be at the game. In person, but uh, it's better right now to take care of yourself. And I know you were there uh, in spirit, you know. So uh, I mean, don't be saying that. I mean, I don't want to be. I don't want to be hearing anything about being anywhere in spirit anytime soon. Uh, we're gonna. We're gonna... <laughs> That's not what I meant, brother. <laughs> we're gonna... We're gonna... <laughs> nope, nope. We're not even going there. <laughs> yeah, but uh, now I plan on being there. Hopefully for the Navy game. I'm waiting to went to talk to Doctor Hernegger. Um, but, uh, the, the, the plans to be there next weekend for the Navy game. All right. That sounds good. And, uh, by the way, want to give some comments. Uh, in fact, uh, hello to Charles. What's up? He said, what's up guys. Um, by the way, uh, Mark says, hang in there, Kyle. So does Charles. So thanks uh, for the guys supporting the program. And I know I apologize. We've had some technical difficulties. My cell phone, um, that will be addressed. So if anybody has a cell phone company and you want me as a customer, um, then I would love to talk to you. So that's a whole nother show, as they say. Jitterbug, jitterbug, jitterbug. <laughs> uh, for the last hour and a half or so, hour, hour and a half, I've been working on that. Anyway, uh, Pirates get a big victory, 49 to 10. Great to have them. And missing Bubba um, also tonight. So I want to give him a shout out in China Grove. Uh, guys, uh, very happy with the performance. And uh, overall, the uh, I tell you, the one thing I was curious about, the, what we've been worried about, how about the special teams? Let's start there. Our uh, special teams performed pretty well last night. Um, didn't notice any big gaffes. Uh, you know, no block kicks, no block field goal. Well, we didn't attempt a field goal. Uh, no, no block extra points. So good job. Much better job by kick protection. Uh, we didn't punt very often, but the yep. punts were fine. Um, our uh, Malik Fleming does a good job. He he does a good job of uh, fielding punts. Um, and uh, so, yes, yeah, so, um, and didn't get it. And, and fortunately, there wasn't very many kickoff returns. Um, 
uh, and the kick coverage seemed to be good. So overall, it was our best day of special teams to date. Yep, I agree. And I, I'll tell you guys, I thought Daffer looked a lot more confident last night. He looked like he was really stepping into his kicks. He looked more confident to me. And even, you know, just looking at his extra points, he was drilling those extra points right down the middle. And that's what you want to see. Um, so hopefully, hopefully he's, uh, you know, getting back to his form like last year. Yeah, you know, I appreciate the students chanting Owen, Owen, Owen when he goes and kicks an extra point. Actually, I remember something now that they're doing that, and I, I don't, I doubt this has anything to do with it. But if you guys remember after the Navy game, he said he liked the noise. He said the noise of everybody yelling because it was at Navy uh, trying to distract him actually helped him focus more. So mm-hmm. I might want to remember that in the future. If he has another big kick, uh, we might want to get loud instead of being – like deathly quiet like we were when he had the kick against NC State. That's a great point. I'd forgotten about that. In fact, uh, that's uh, – I do remember that right after that. In fact, uh, by the way, Johnny Robertson says, Kyle is in the house. I love it. Uh, Johnny, I am in the house, Johnny. Uh, if you saw the open of the show, I talked about that. Um, I don't want to keep harping on that, but I appreciate it, Johnny. Um, surgery uh, seemed to go well. I seem to be healing up nicely. Um, looks like there's going to be some chemo in my future, unfortunately, but, uh, so continue thoughts and prayers. Appreciate it, Johnny. Well, I know you're a fighter. We know that very much that you can do that. In fact, Craig was talking about the support for Daffer is unbelievable. He's loved by the university. And, um, yeah, I heard it from a uh, student who was a volunteer, um, at work. And she said that, that he got crushed, you know, of course, at the state game, but for what I've seen the players and uh, here's another thing is coach Houston really believes in the kid. Um, we've had uh, Matt uh, not bringing up sore subjects, but kickers in your past um, that Coach Logan didn't like too much. Um, <laughs> maybe your senior. Uh, what was your last year? Ninety eight was ninety eight. Your last year? Ninety seven. Yeah, ninety seven. That's right. That's right. But it was ninety. I'm sorry. It was a year after you graduated. That's right. Um, there was a kicker. We're not going to mention his name, but Coach Logan. I'll mention his name because he he had some good moments and some bad moments. Chad Holcomb. No, that's not what I was talking about. Okay, who are you talking about? Brantley Rivers. Um, okay. He got to the point where he's missing extra points. Um, and then we had Andrew Bays, the, the Bays talked about that. Yeah, yeah I remember uh, after the, the end of the uh, – after the NC State game in 96, um, I believe that was Holcomb's last game. Or, or was, was Holcomb's last game the Liberty? What year did Holcomb graduate? 95? Whatever his last Holcomb game was. Holcomb was a – I think he was 96. Cause okay, so was, was that really – it was after the NC State game. Um, uh, somebody asked um, uh, Logan about Holcomb, you know, another you know, being one of the seniors graduating, and uh, he said, "He said Chad Holcomb's been inconsistent his whole career, and now it's over." Oh well, I well, I, I, I mean, talking about that before, but I thought Holcomb was actually, um, I thought he was a decent kicker. I really I, did. He was, he was inconsistent. He he. I tell you what, that '95 Liberty Bowl, he was clutch. Um, couldn't, couldn't have won that without him. Logan said that on a radio show, Kyle? He said it in a post-game press conference. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that is that is Bush League. Yeah. Uh, well, the Logan it was always hard on kickers, man. I mean, yeah. He, he started he started um, after um, after Brantley Rivers, he started giving scholarships to kickers. That's Kevin Miller, for example. Um, yeah. But uh, I – should. You know, you, know, you know Logan. A lot of the stuff he said would be tongue-in-cheek. I hope so. Good Lord, I hope he said that tongue-in-cheek, but. <laughs> yeah, I never will forget it. So he, um, 
unless I'm unless I'm confusing him that that comment with him talking about um um oh God what's the kick we were just talking about Seth Holcomb huh you're talking about Daffer no not Daffer no no the, the kick Rivers. We were, Rivers yes unless that comment was about Rivers and I'm just misremembering it as being about Holcomb he definitely made that comment about a kicker after his final game yes okay well let's move on let's talk about now. Uh, in fact, uh, let's put up Johnny, Johnny Gardner. Appreciate your support of the program. Logan and John Bunning were publicly, um, I guess it was tough on kickers. I, yeah, I, I feel like that, um, like Matt said, that's Bush league. I think that when kickers don't have a lot of uh, place and I know, but people can, you know, like with Daffer, when he makes the Navy kick, he's a big hero. Um, of course, uh, they get too much praise, maybe too much blame. You could argue that. I think um, it was a different time too. I think, um, yeah. I think kids are. A little more sensitive now than they were back in the day, and um, you know I think also uh, you might take crap from your coach, you might take crap from fans yelling at you, you might take a couple things from students, but now if you don't protect your kicker, he may get attacked on social media relentlessly. So uh, right. I, I'm I'm glad to see Pirate Nation um, handle things with Owen the way they have, and quite frankly. Besides that NC State game, Owens performed well uh, from a freshman and and this year because th- those block kicks against ODU was nothing to do with him. No doubt. So uh, special teams, we can give a thumbs up. But much improved. In fact, I said on the first, uh, I said uh, maybe even last week that that's one thing that you can you can see that can be corrected easier, guys. But Matt, like the defense, um, how about this? I I, fig- I did a Bubba this afternoon. Not too hard to figure out. Um, but we're only giving up, guys, as a defense, 17 points a game in college football in the year 22 yeah. so far. And I, I'm really happy with that. That you know how our defense has been. It hasn't been great. And a lot, <sighs> a lot, lot better. Yeah, not not very good offenses with the exception of NC State uh, having a decent off. Well, more than a decent offense. Pretty good offense. Uh, ODU's offense, um, good defense, but uh, – their offense hasn't been stellar, and Campbell, very talented for an FCS team, but it's still Campbell. But, yeah, the defense has done their job. I do think in the passing game we got some things we still need to work on. Um, but, yeah, overall defense played well. I'll tell you what, man, that Campbell quarterback was hard to sack last night. Good Lord, he was elusive. I, I, I don't know the last time I've seen a quarterback that was that elusive. Yeah, maybe Charleston Southern last year, Kyle. It seemed like it was a similar situation, right, where that quarterback was carving yeah. us up in the first quarter, first half of that game. But uh, I agree. He gave us a lot of problems. He, you know, I personally did not think, even though we only gave up 10 points, I didn't think our defense played great yesterday, uh, especially in the first half. We gave up 300 yards passing, right? But when you take a look at it, a lot of times what was happening was – the quarterback, he was he was giving us so many problems with the scrambling. So what would happen is we'd flush him out of the pocket, and then it became a scramble drill on the back end, right? So we just can't cover for that long, and he would find guys on on basically broken plays. I'm guessing he had like close to a hundred yards off of passing. Yeah, off it, it, at some at, at some point, I think sometimes. You can outblitz yourself. Sometimes I think when, when quarterbacks are making that many plays, when you're when you're bringing a lot of pressure, sometimes they just drop back and play coverage or make them make reads rather than letting them run around and 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 find somebody open. You know, playing backyard football. 
Yeah, yeah. He was he was a great athlete and he played tough. You got to give him credit. Um, but I'm guessing if I'm guessing if we were in the defensive meeting room with Blake Harrell uh, this afternoon when they went over the film, he probably wasn't thrilled with some of the you know the busting coverage on the back end. No, and and we ain't gonna have time to work on that much this week, Matt, because uh, uh, with Navy coming to town, uh, the passing okay. game should be at a minimum. By the way, we'll, we'll we'll keep reviewing the Campbell game, but two things: the line opened, we're a seventeen point favorite against Navy. I don't care how much Navy's struggling. Good Lord, I I, I just I I'd, I'd say take the Pirates for the win, but take Navy in the points. Um, and uh, secondly, isn't it isn't it just typical? Navy gets an off week, you know, playing horrible, and they get an off week to install some wrinkles in that triple option before they play us. Um, we have never beaten them in Greenville. Our only two victories were in Annapolis, Maryland. So maybe this year will be the year. 17-point favorites, it better be. No doubt. We have the – I think with uh, Blake Harrell's defense plus I think with the talent that we have now, I think with the – man, the offense, defensive line, those kind of things uh, will help out. And I think our – I think Navy's offense has been um, very poor, haven't you? Don't you guys think It, it so? has. It has. They, they had an off week this week, uh, Dave, so – They'll probably switch quarterbacks. They'll add some wrinkles in. I, I, you know, it has been poor, uh, very poor, uh, the first two weeks. Um, and you know, Blake's defense is all about blitzing, um, and uh, that's really not what you do when you're defending the triple option. You got to play assignment football. But we do have a lot of good athletes. Um, you know, I think one of the bigger matchups will, will be um, our offense against their defense. We got we got a lot of styles on offense this year, and uh, I know we're supposed to be reviewing the Campbell game, but. Uh, I think that may be the, you know, even if we still struggle with the triple option, uh, we might have, to, you know, we have to outscore them again, and so be it. But it's sure, Matt, wouldn't you love to see us hold Navy to, to, uh, to, to you know, like under 24 points? Wouldn't that be great to see one time? Oh, man, it would be amazing. It really would. And, <clears throat> you know, I, the thing about Navy is it seems like they always start off a little slow. They're the type of team, like the first couple weeks of the season, they start slow. They struggle with their FCS opponents. You saw them. I think they only scored seven points on Delaware in their opener this year. Uh, but they get better as the season goes on. And to your point, Kyle, they're coming off of a bye week. And they always feel good in Greenville. So I agree, man. Whatever the spread, if the spread was 100, we better be prepared for, you know, a four-quarter game. Because that's what, probably what it's going to be. It's what it always is. Yeah. Um, no, unfortunately, so. Matt, that's not what it always is. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Sometimes in the wrong direction. Right. Yep. Exactly. Yep. In fact, in Greenville, it has never been a full quarter game. So, uh, well, that that's not true. true. That's not true. That's not true. 2020, 2020. And in 2020, we would have beaten them in Greenville had we had Holton. Um, but yes. besides that, no besides that game, um, which most people have forgotten about because they weren't there. Um, I was one of the few people at that game, Matt. Uh, I somehow, was able to go to that game. Be I think we could have like I think we had seven percent capacity at that point in 2020, and um, Medor hooked me up with a couple tickets. But uh, uh, anyway, we, we need to review the Campbell game and preview the Navy game later on in the week. So um, back to thoughts on the on the Campbell game, Matt. Um, Holt, uh, Holton set a couple uh, conference records uh, this week uh, that that were that were coming his way, and he uh, he set two, uh, I believe, this week against against the Camels. Yeah, really happy for Holton, and and 
I wanted to talk about Holton tonight because I, I said it last week. I think, I think in a lot of ways, Kyle, people kind of take him for granted because he's been here for a while. You know, we've been through, you know, some ups and downs, but I, but I want to say this, this version of Holton Aylers that we've seen so far this year, in my opinion, he looks like a very different guy to me. He really looks like the game has slowed down. He's, I think his ability to, he gets us in and out of checks, but his ability to read defenses now is at a point where I think he's playing at a pretty elite level. And I mean, he was so efficient yesterday. What was he? 17 for 20 Kyle. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think this 22, 2022 version of Holt Nailers is different than what we've seen in the past. Yeah, I think Holton has, you know, always had the ability. Um, I, I think this offense is predicated a lot on having a good running game and a good offensive line for the passing game to work properly. And I think that's part of it. The, the, this offensive line is really good at pass blocking. Uh, run blocking, pretty good. But uh, so far, we are elite at pass blocking. And uh, that's obviously going to help Holton a lot. He's got some big targets. You know, instead of just having, you know, God knows we missed Tyler Sneed, but he has more targets to go to this year uh, than he has in the past. Instead of it just being Sneed and CJ, and CJ, you talk about guys who've up their game, not just hold. How about CJ Johnson? I mean, he CJ is finally developed to what we thought he could all be when we saw him as a freshman. So um, it's good to see him having so far his best year uh, along with Holton. I agree. He he definitely looks improved. He looks I don't know what it is. He looks a little faster to me this year. I don't know. I don't know if he was if it was, you know, a situation where he cut some weight, but he looks a little a little, a little quicker to me this year. But he just looks confident. And like, you know, I see it with Holton. I see it in the body language. He's just he's a quarterback who's I think at the top of his game in college. I think he's in total command right now. Um there's really there shouldn't be at this point a defense that you could throw at him that he's not going to be able to dissect. I mean, you know, there's going to be wrinkles. There's, he's going to have struggles. I'm not trying to make it sound like he's Joe Montana. Um, right. But, man, he's he's playing at a really high level, Kyle. And um, I'm just impressed. I'm, I'm really impressed. And I like the fact that 10 different players caught a pass yesterday. Yeah, there was one throw he had last night um, on the uh, – on the uh, to the left side of the field, deep throw. I can't even remember who called it, whether it was CJ or whether it was um, uh, Travion. I, I can't remember who caught the ball. Um, it, it may have been 11, uh, the kid from Toledo. Um, but right. he, he just – do you remember the pass I'm talking about? He just dropped it on a dime. It was David Gerard-esque to me how he just just dropped it on a dime. It just went up high, came down right, right in his hands. Yep, I, I think I know exactly what you're referring to. Uh yeah, perfect throw. I mean, he's 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 really throwing the deep ball much better. I feel like the fades. He, he looks really comfortable throwing those fades to Winstead, and you know when Thank teams you, Winstead, go. That's the name I'm trying to think of. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he he really looks he he just looks confident. And like, you know, you can see like one thing I really try to observe is when teams, you know, basically line up in cowboy coverage or like man press, right, with like a single high free safety. He's like, all right, you want to you want to press our receivers? Guess what? We're going to throw the fade, and it's one-on-one, and I have a 6'5 yeah. wide receiver, and good luck stopping him. And Winstead, man, he comes down with these jump balls, Kyle. 
He does. And, uh, you know, um, I think uh, Johnson, the other Johnson on the other side, the Georgia transfer, Jalen Johnson, um, had his first touchdown reception last night. And uh, I think he's just going to get better and better. He has all the athletic ability in the world. He's just not used to starting. Um, I, you, you look at all these weapons we have, and, and you know, it's, I don't even – you know, last night it was a, a bit of a showcase against Campbell. Everybody kind of got to show out. I, I can't even remember how many rushing yards Keaton had. But had we wanted to, I think Keaton Mitchell could have had 300 rushing yards. Yeah, so – well, I can answer that for you, Kyle, because I have the stats in front of me. Well, good. Uh, Keaton had 13 carries for 185 yards. All right, how many yards is that per carry? That is 14.2. <laughs> that's that's pretty good. I don't know. I don't know much, but I know that's pretty good. Yeah, he he, he could have ran for 300 yards a sign if we if we needed him to. Um, he was unstoppable. Um, you know, uh, Harris is a guy. You know, to me that that has to get lathered up. To me, he's one of those kind of running backs. And um, you saw that last night. Um, that last uh, rushing touchdown he had to me was a thing of beauty where he just cut towards the end zone. Um, but Keaton was unbelievable last night. And, man, Marlon Gunn, uh, that kid's got to start getting more carries. I, I mean, I, he's only one football, but when he touches the ball, something electric is going to happen. And I know you, when you got two experienced running backs that are proven commodities and don't fumble, knock on wood, you, you hate to, to, to hand the ball to a freshman. But uh, he uh, he he's got a lot of talent. Oh, he really does. He's, you know, I I, I love that one run he had last night where he, you know, he made one cut, he got a feel, he he ran somebody over, and then it was almost like he stiff armed somebody in the face and just kept going. And yeah, uh, beautiful run. I mean, he's he definitely looks like a kid to me that's not a not a true freshman. You could see a lot of ability. So yeah, I agree. I'd love to see him get more work and. Um, you know, we had, again, just looking at the stats, Kyle, we had 270 yards rushing um, last night. So that's – that's uh, that's you can win a lot of games with that, for sure. No, no doubt. And, you know, it was Campbell. Campbell's got – you know, they are a talented FCS team. Uh, last year's recruiting class, number one in the FCS, which is really hard to believe that Campbell pulled that off, but uh, they did. Um you know, so they do have some talent. So it, it's not like it was uh, your typical Campbell team. They're getting better every year, moving to the Colonial, which uh, is one of the best FCS conferences out there. Uh, one of the favorites to win the Big South this year. So, uh, you know, the, the Camels are not a terrible – well, they're a good FCS team. So it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like mop-up. Uh, you know, you saw last week Coastal almost lost to Gardner-Webb. Last year we almost lost to Charleston Southern. So if you come out not ready, you can get beat. Um, you know, we, we we started slow, but I, I I never I never had any doubt, even with the slow start, that this game was going to be like the Charleston Southern game last year. I just I, I just didn't see that happening. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, it, one thing about this team that's that's evident now the last few weeks is that they we use a lot of our depth. We rotate a lot in the first half. We keep guys fresh, and then come the third quarter, we seem to be the much stronger team. And um, and you love to see that. I mean, you absolutely love to see it. And you saw it again last night. I mean, coming out of halftime, that game, that that team was gassed. They really were. So, And, and we looked very fresh in the fourth quarter. So um, you love to see it. But 
Kyle, I wanted to ask you, uh, l- let me get your opinion on this, right? So, you know, because, hey, that's what we do. We, we, we evaluate these games. It's easy to sort of second guess. But right before halftime, we had two timeouts. Um, I thought had a chance maybe to try to move the ball a little bit there. You know, we kind of took it, took it to halftime. Do you have any thoughts on that? It seems to be Coach Houston's approach. He, he you know, uh, and, and I get both strategies there. A lot of good things and a lot of bad things can happen when you're trying to score in a hurry in a ball game. We had all the momentum. You know, it's Campbell. So if you, if you, let's say you throw a pick six there, now all of a sudden you give them hope. And it's a team that at that point we had the game under control. The only way they're going to make any kind of comeback is if you give them some kind of hope. I do think there are times you do that, and Houston really doesn't seem to want to do that much. I do think there are times you do that. Um, last night in that situation, um, whether we scored there or not, I didn't think it really mattered. The outcome was going to be the same. But had we given up a pick six, had you, um, you know, you're dropping back to pass in those situations, they bring on all out blitz, you get Holton hurt, even worse. Uh, for you know, so in, in that particular situation, I had no problem with it. Uh, there have been other times in the past where I wish we'd been more aggressive before halftime, but last night I thought there was more more negative than positive that could have that could have happened in that situation. Gotcha. Yeah, I definitely think looking back now, and we have some, you know, obviously, you know, in, in year four with Coach Houston. I mean, I think he really his preference is to sort of take it to halftime. Um, he doesn't really like to gamble much in those situations. Even if we have a few timeouts left, he, he really, uh, I think it's in his nature to kind of take it to halftime, make the adjustments that need to be made and then, you know, come back out for the second half. But, um, you know, I don't know. Sometimes the, the I guess the riverboat gambler in me likes to see a little more, uh, you know, up tempo <laughs> and just, you know, try to take advantage of those two timeouts in your pocket there. Now, but we can, hey, we can all second guess, right? Now, let's say let's say it was um, UCF and, you know, we're, we're – uh, we, we get the ball back with that much time left, two timeouts, and we have a chance for a knockout blow right before halftime. Then, um, yeah, maybe. But against Campbell, uh, you don't need a knockout blow before halftime and you don't want to give them any false hope. Gotcha. Well, for, <clears throat> all right, let's in my, do some. In my opinion, I mean, and everybody's opinion is different. I think, Matt, I think your strategy would be uh, would be, uh, you know, probably try to score every time you have the ball, you know, no matter how much time's left. <laughs> yeah, I, I just like to. I want to make sure that we use those timeouts when we have them at our disposal. But, but to your point, hey, you're playing Campbell. Uh, it, it wasn't, you know, certainly not like a make or break deal. But I just wanted to get your thoughts on it. Yeah, and, and I think to an overall thing, yeah, I do think there are times that I wish he would have done that. Um, if there's one thing you can criticize Coach Houston on, and there hasn't been much since he's been here, sometimes it's use of timeouts and clock management. Sometimes it isn't the best it, it, towards the end of halves, for, be that first or second half. Um, for whatever reason, you can go back to the NC State game where we weren't more aggressive trying to get it in the end zone after after missing, after uh, after Owen missed that extra point. You know, we, we could have been more aggressive to try to get a shorter field goal or to get it in the end zone. Um, so that would be some, a, a situation where I would more question what he did with clock management versus uh, right before halftime. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think 
I think the, uh, and speaking of adjustments, man, the adjustments have been, they have uh, done a great job with that. Uh, let's do some questions and comments, guys, real quick. We've had a whole bunch, and so we'll put them up here. Uh, Craig says, I wasn't comfortable with this game until the fourth quarter. Campbell is talented. In fact, we'll remind you they have the number one FCS recruiting class. Um, so that's the thing. They're wow, well, in. you weren't comfortable until the fourth quarter. I don't even remember what the score was, but I felt it was over. I felt it was over with at halftime. Yeah, me too. Robert says some good running QBs coming up on the schedule. UCF, USF, especially. Yeah, um, good point. Um, particularly, uh, particularly about South Florida on the road. Um, they showed some signs of life last night against Gators. You wonder if that's a one-time thing or they played up for their to, uh, to their opponent. Florida coming off that Kentucky loss, maybe playing a little down, overlooking South Florida, or is South Florida genuinely back? Um, I, I don't know. Time will tell. they got a couple more games before we play them, but that is a good point uh, with uh, the mobility of both those quarterbacks and particularly the Bulls coming up uh, before the Knights. And I'm really interested to see, you know, is South, South Florida like garbage against BYU? Uh, they beat an FCS, I believe, in week two. Uh, and then, you know, they looked good last night against Florida. But, Matt, you watched most of that game because your wife is a Florida grad. Uh, do you think that was more Florida kind of overlooking the, the Bulls and the Bulls playing above themselves? Or do you think the Bulls are legitimately uh, a, a contender now? Uh, I don't. I don't think they're a contender yet, Kyle. I think it was a combination of a few things. I think. I think Florida is still finding itself with with Napier as a new coach. The quarterback Anthony Richardson. He's incredibly talented. Incredibly talented. Um, but he's still a pretty young quarterback in terms of you know his the number of snaps he's had in college. So he's, he's year, right, Matt? He was a freshman last year, right? Yeah, and and you'll. Like, like what we were talking about with, with Holton before, his ability to read defenses in year five um, is at an elite level now. I think Richardson is struggling with that. He's, you know, he had some crucial picks against Kentucky last week. And last night he threw a red zone interception. Um, so I think Florida, I think they're just finding their way. I think South Florida played up. And um, I, I, I'm not a believer yet. Okay. I think well, there's improvement, but not to. I think they uh, played. I think South Florida played out of their mind last night. I mean, I, I really believe they played a lot better than. Uh, don't you think they played? A, yeah. Who, who do they have? Who do they have coming up before us? If anybody can pull up their schedule, because like I said, they looked atrocious against BYU. They they played great against against Florida last night. I'm gonna, you know, and I believe that they beat an FCS in between. So I'm gonna be interested when they when they play somebody, you know. Uh, like a like a Memphis, for example, how they how they are. Uh, if, if either one of you can bring up that schedule, if I try to bring it up, it's going to close me out the way I'm doing the show. I'm pulling it up right now. Uh, all right, let's see. Here we go. All right, so next week, South Florida has they're at Louisville. Okay. All right, then they have you- at Cincinnati. Okay. I mean, that's hey. Before we go any further. How about that three game stretch at Florida, yeah. at Louisville, at Sydney. I mean, that's I, actually, you know what, Kyle? I had that wrong. I apologize. I apologize. I'm reading quick, pulling up my phone. They're at Louisville next week. Then they play East Carolina. Then they have Cincinnati. I read it wrong. Okay. So Louisville next week. 
and then yeah, we're on the road at, in uh, in Tampa the week after that. Um, uh well, we may know a little bit more about them after they play Louisville. If they're competitive with Louisville, uh, then you can probably say that they're going to be a handful for us in Tampa. If Louisville blows them out, then eh, probably just a one-time performance against uh, the Gators. So it doesn't change the point, and they do have a very mobile quarterback. Yeah, guys, by the way, uh, Robert continues on saying he's got a prediction for us. Right. Uh, 31-24 Pirates, so he thinks that we'll win by a touchdown. The so, next uh, game. Okay. Yeah, by <laughs> the way. The that would not surprise me one bit. The spread is a 17-point spread, right? It is, yeah. Yes. So, by the way, by the way, guys, Navy, uh, that 17-point spread, we are 3-0 against the spread, so we've covered all three games. Uh, how about that? I'm, I'm happy. That was one of the positives. Uh, now we, so won by, we won by – how many did we win by last night? Uh, 39. 39, yeah, so we covered. Um, I uh, I don't know, man. We, we may cover that 17-point spread. I, I, I'm, I'm more online with Robert uh, that we don't cover it. Um, though I, I, I see a scoring a little bit more than 31 though. If Navy puts up a lot of yards, but not that many points, if they try to play possession football, um, to, to keep the ball out of Ayler's hands and out of these running backs hands, then, uh, that, that could be a score a 30 and I'll take it. Believe me. Hey, screw the spread. Uh, just, just beat Navy at, at, at this point. I just want to see us beat Navy in Greenville. That is something nobody has ever yes. seen. Yeah, so we've seen a lot of like high number, you know, games. So, yeah. um, <laughs> going all the way back, I remember that twenty was it twenty twelve game? Twenty well, twenty twelve was bad, but twenty ten was worse. Yeah, yeah. And uh, by the way, Pays was talking about we we're talking about the uh, the chop blocks. The NCAA changed the rule in the chop block, and it's hurt Navy. Uh, he's saying no doubt about it. Pays, in fact, that's one of the things. Yeah, like, and I, and I think something else that's going to hurt Navy long term. Pays uh, and, and Army and Air Force is the new NIL deal and uh, the transfer portal. I think that's really going to be troublesome for uh, academy football going forward. You know, on that really quick pays makes it. It's funny. Pays mentioned that because I was literally, he took the words out of my mouth. And when we, I don't know if you guys remember in preseason, we were have we were doing a show and we discussed that new rule and you know, we made the point that that's going to affect Navy probably more than anybody because the rule is you cannot cut block outside of the tackle box. And historically, when you watch Navy's wide receivers, they will, when they're blocking, they'll 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 cut you. They'll go low at the ankles, um, and it gives your secondary a lot of problems. You know, it's hard to get off blocks as a corner. So, I think that's a really good point, and. Um, it definitely makes life easier for a defense when you face the option. That is a good point. And I'll tell you what, the challenge to the defense, man, if we can hold Navy to less than three touchdowns, a standing ovation. Everybody with the history we have against Navy, I challenge Pirate Nation. If we hold them to, to three touchdowns or less, give the defense a standing ovation, provided we win. <laughs> and to be sure, if we hold them to less than three touchdowns, we'd win. At the end of that game, uh, if we got them three touchdowns or less, we need to give the defense standing ovation because they new rules or not, I don't care how bad their offense struggled so far this year. Even last year, you know, people forget, you know, they were a four win football team last year, I believe, and it took you know a last second fifty yard field goal to beat them. Yeah, fifty four yards. 
Hey, uh, hey guys. Go ahead. I'll go ahead. Go ahead, Dave. Uh, we're just going to continue. We've had so many comments, and I was trying to get everybody. Uh, Richard Allsbrook, by the way, a great pirate. Kudos to the line. Less sacks. His uh, airbag has not gone off this year. Uh, no doubt about that. How about this? Holton's three uh, completions were a 30-yarder to Isaiah in the first, a deep shot to Isaiah on the last play of the first half, and a drop by Shane. He has thrown for at least 263 yards um, in every game. Yeah, uh, so you miss on two deep balls, which, um, you, you know, those are, those, are, those are not high percentage throws. So, okay to miss on those. And the, and the drop by Shane. Uh, in the end zone, uh, that wasn't the best pass by Holton. Um, but nonetheless, uh, Shane probably should have called it. No doubt, and let's keep it going. Um, Frank says, Winstead reminds me of Hardy going up to catch balls. Yeah, yeah, he's bigger than Hardy. But, uh, yeah, I, I see what you're saying there. He's, All right. he's tremendous at, on the fade route. Um, he really has good timing with Holton, and he's doing a nice job. I mean, he's he's making all those plays, it seems like. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt about it, guys. In fact, uh, <clears throat> how about this? This is great. Thank for uh, – we have so many great uh, viewers and listeners, and Johnny Robertson is no doubt one of them. He says, after two turnovers in the first 20 half minutes of that state game of the first season, the Pirates haven't committed a turnover in 159 and a half minutes or a ten and a half plus quarters. How about that? Mm. Yeah, that that's that's an incredible stat. Uh, that's um. Uh, I hope we continue that for uh, four more quarters at least. And no, one no. Pass, five yards, guys. How about that? Yeah, that is a good point, man. We have been incredibly penalty free, and you know, Hayes had mentioned that one penalty last night. In fact, remember the state game? We only had like one or two penalties, and last night, and I think we had like was it seven penalties um, last week. So l roughly there was about three games and we've only had like one penalty. I mean, it's almost like one game worth of penalties in three games. Yeah. And, you know, I remember back when uh, Montgomery was here, people would point out how we were, uh, you know, not committing many, many penalties. And I used to always say that's because we're not aggressive enough and they don't care. Uh, that's not the case now. We're just, we're just a disciplined football team. It's not because of lack of sometimes penalties is because you're trying hard um, and you're playing with emotion. Um, uh, our lack of penalties is, is because we're disciplined, not because we're not trying hard or, or not playing with emotion. I agree. No doubt. In fact, uh, by the way, I want to mention, too, that uh, Frank says, by uh, by the way, Matt and Kyle, that they look like hot garbage, USF. So, <laughs> like Against Florida last night? You thought they looked like hot garbage? They, I, they did, so. I mean, they didn't last night. They they did against BYU in week one. Yeah. For sure. Um, I didn't see their game against their FCS. What is that pop sound? It sounds like one of you guys are watching pop-up videos from uh, VH1 back in the 90s. <laughs> Let's see if I can fix that. Hang on. Um, it's, it's you and me. Wanted to ask you guys your thoughts on, first of all, it was great to see Mason Garcia get in the game last night. Um uh, I was kind of hoping he would get in one series earlier. Um, but I, one thing I really liked seeing was that, you know, if you're going to put Mason Garcia in the game, he can't just come in to hand the ball off. You have to let him throw. 
if you're going to take if, – if he's going to get meaningful experience yeah. in that situation, he has to throw the ball. And, and, I, and I like that. I liked what we did. I like to see him throwing the ball, getting experience, uh, live reps. How did you guys feel about uh, his performance? I thought he did fine. You're right. He's got to throw the ball. Uh, he looks very uncomfortable to me making reads. He, d- he does not look comfortable in the pocket. Um, uh, he, he connected on, on, on short, um, high percentage throws. Um, you know, we, we didn't want him taking the shot downfield because, you know, trying to run it up on Campbell. Though at some point he needs to do those kinds of things. Um, yeah, no, definitely handing it off is pointless. So, uh, if you're going to put, I would have put him in sooner than we did. Um, I would have put him in one, one series sooner. Um, that last scoring drive we had where, uh, where Holton and Keaton were in, um, along with the other starters, I thought, man, what if one of these guys get hurt? Uh, I would, so I would have liked to have seen him have one more series than he did, but, uh, yeah, I'm with you hundred percent, Matt. You, you got to have him throw the ball. Otherwise he's not getting any better. And, uh, you know, if he's going to be the quarterback of the future, and I'm not convinced he's going to be, I think we'll bring in a transfer from the portal uh, that he'll have to compete with, and he may beat him out. You know, so you're not saying he's not going to be, but I do think that he'll have more competition uh, other than just Flynn come the spring. Um, but, yeah, I agree with you 100%. Glad to see him throw the ball. Would have liked to have seen him in a series sooner. No doubt. I think the one issue for me is just simply we know we have four games he can play in and that was one of the games that was pretty much going to – we felt like, which was correct, um, in the third quarter, it was definitely over. Definitely, I felt like, Kyle, like you said, I felt like it was over at halftime, but uh, certainly in the third. And you want to make sure you don't injure Holton. We got a – it's a fine line. So, I deal with – I feel for the coaches because it's a fine line. You don't want to get Holton um, hurt, and you don't want to get Mason messes up his red shirt for this year, say he'll still have three years of eligibility. Yeah. Uh, one series sooner to me would have been better. And, uh, you know, and, and in that situation, he could have been more aggressive uh, to try to score, you know, because we, we scored on that last possession with the starters in. So then you, you, you could have had him throw downfield if need be. Um, but uh, glad to see him get some playing time last night and, um, and, and, and pass the ball. And, uh, you know, um, who knows? Uh, wouldn't it be nice to be in a situation against Navy where we're up by 17? I don't know. Do you think even if we're up by 17 in the fourth that we, I don't know, I guess Navy, I don't, <laughs> I don't know that we would, that, that we would see uh, Garcia, even if we're up by 17 with a minute to go in the fourth. Yeah. I, <clears throat> I can only hope we're in that situation just once in my lifetime, Kyle, where we don't, you know, how nice would it be to, to win against Navy comfortably? Yeah, and, yeah. you know, it, it's just such a brutal uh, history in that series, but, um, yeah, it, it would be awesome. Um, just one, one more thing on Mason. There was one throw he made where you really, he flashed the arm strength. Yeah. Um, he was, uh, and again, this is just kind of a flashback to last night, but he was on the left hash and, uh, he kind of went through his progression. He found somebody on the, the right side of the field King, um, outside of the numbers. Yeah. Almost towards the sideline, Kyle. Yeah. Uh, Really nice ball. You did see the, you know, the arm strength. Yeah, I remember the play you're talking about. I believe that was the King, um, who's who's a talented receiver that we'll be seeing the field more in the future. I tell you what, the uh, I tell you what, our future is very bright, guys. What I'm happy. Uh, one of the things I was going to mention tonight is the depth we've had. We talked a lot about it, but it really has shown in the last two games, don't you think? And we were able to hang with NC State down to the wire because of our depth. 
yeah, we, we've, we've got a lot of quality depth. It's, it's by far the deepest football team we've had uh, at least at 14 least. defensively since 09. Um, we, uh, we're deep in a lot of positions. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing I want to mention guys, uh, that was, it hit me last night again, the last two weeks. I think that this program is going to going from being hunters to the hunted. And, and I think you're starting to see a little bit of that. I'm not saying we're the top dog, but uh, we're starting to win a lot more now. And so how will the Pirates handle uh, being favored in every single game or a lot of them being in every single game where before there was like no chance or we might have a chance to get this team or a lot of teams we didn't. So I'll make that point tonight. Well, I think we've handled it well for these last two. Um, you know, uh, Navy, I, I, I don't think the guys are going to pay much attention to that spread. They, they know what Navy is. They've played Navy. Uh, so I don't, I, many times and gotten their asses kicked and walked away with a last second win last year. So I don't think the spread's going to matter much about being the favorite this week. Um, you know, after South Florida, you know, we got some teams that we hadn't beaten very often uh, in recent history, like, you know, Memphis we beat last year in overtime. After that, it's Murderer's Row with UCF. And, uh, well, we got Tulane in there also. who uh, They just beat K-State. So, um, this, should be, this should be the last game that we're a huge favorite in for a while. Um, I would think against South Florida being us on the road, uh, we will be the favorite. But I wouldn't think it would be probably more like a 10-point favorite. But um, I, I get your question, Dave. Uh, but there's still some games to come. Well, we're going to be the hunters. Uh, UCF, for example, Cincinnati, Houston, BYU. There's still a lot of hunting left to be done. And um, but so far through these last two, we we've handled uh, being the quote unquote hunted the 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 you know the if you will bigger opponent uh, pretty well. Yeah, and you know the team should be really confident. They should be confident for. For a few reasons. Number one, they beat Navy last year, so they have experience playing against that system. I know for a fact they've been working on it throughout the summer. Um, Mike Houston commented yesterday they work on it every Sunday night. They work on the option. So they should be confident. And then, and then another reason, you know, if you just looked at what we've done so far this year, you know, NC State last night, they hosted Texas Tech, who had the number one offense in the country. Um, yeah, Texas Tech was throwing a ball for about 420 yards a game and they held them to 13 points. So, you know, that, that tells you something about, you know, how good that defense is and, and, uh, you know, we were able to match up very well. So, um, they, my point is that they, the team should be feeling very good about themselves right now. No, I agree with you. And that's a good point about State's performance against Texas Tech, not to hand the wolf back any compliments. But, yeah, they, they certainly handled the Red Raiders a lot easier than they handled the Pirates. And uh, speaking of which, um, if, if you guys didn't see, any of the listeners didn't see, uh, for the first time since 2014, we are receiving votes in the coaches' poll. Uh, we, received, we, received, we received one vote, um, but that does get us to the other teams receiving votes. Um I, 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 you know, I don't know. Uh, you can you can get that list of who of who is voting in the coaches poll this year. Um, I'd like to see the list. You could probably 
figure out which coach voted for us. But uh, I'm curious to know of who gave us our one vote, and uh, hopefully more votes to come. Yeah. It that would be nice to know who gave us that vote. <laughs> yeah, the first time since 2014, guys. Uh, November 2014, I believe, is the last time we were ranked so that after that uh, miserable game that Matt was at. I, I, hopefully, Matt wasn't bad luck that day. I'm kidding. Uh, there in Better Stadium there, man. Well, uh, we were still getting votes after that. So, the last time we were getting votes would have probably been, uh, I don't know. I don't know if we got any votes in the last poll after the bowl game that year or not. But um, uh, it, it, it's it's nice to, to, uh, to see East Carolina down there, even if it is just one vote, because – Man, it's been a long time. Yeah. No doubt about it. Yeah, we need to make sure that we have uh, – we need to keep that momentum going. And by the way, I want to do my bubba right now. We need – that place needs to be rocking next Saturday night. We have Navy. Uh, we need to have, make sure that we have 51,000 people or as many close as we can to a sellout. That would be uh, amazing, 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 I think. Yeah, it's going to be great weather if the forecast holds. Um, you know, things change between now and Saturday. But right now, it's supposed to be clear skies Saturday. with highs in the 70s and overnight lows perhaps approaching uh, 48 degrees. Uh, so uh, get your hoodies out. Yeah, I know that, that'll excite all the uh, all the girls to get, get wear hoodies. Um, so uh, fall football weather for that one. So. Uh, no reason we shouldn't have a good crowd. It's Navy, um, so it's it's a game that uh, I don't know. Navy's an attractive opponent. I, I I get a little. I know it makes sense to do Military Appreciation Day for Navy. I guess probably everybody does that. But at the same time, I I wish we would do Military Appreciation Day a different damn game. I it to me it, it takes away from the home field advantage a little bit every time we do that for Navy. And all the respect in the world to those guys and to anybody who served in the uh, armed forces. But maybe we should do Military Appreciation Day for, like, UCF. Hmm. I, I, I agree with you, Kyle. I agree, I agree with you. It's a <laughs> good point. Helping. It really is. I never, I never realized it. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I have nothing against – all three of us have nothing against the uh, men and women in a uniform. But um, when you have – you're giving a whole bunch of tickets to people that are coming, they're going to support Navy. Does that make a lot of sense? No, and, and and I don't even really mean that. That that I don't I don't have a problem with that because we still should be, you know, outdrawing them by leaps and bounds. It's it's more the the pomp and circumstance and and the reference, you know, that that, that we all have for the military, particularly in Eastern North Carolina, where this is a military area. Uh, you know, it it to me it it almost gets to the point where it, it it's it, it takes away from the normal atmosphere that we have before the game um, because we're being so patriotic. And I love that. Don't get me wrong because people, somebody's going to be offended by what I'm saying, but I don't know. Maybe we should do it for a different game. Uh, I know I get it makes sense to do it for Navy, but at the same time, um, like I say, maybe save it for a different, for a different game. It's something we definitely need to do though. And plus, you know, you, to, to your point, Dave, um, when you're giving away all those tickets to the military, I think that's fantastic. But why not do it against the UCF where they're going to all hopefully come cheer for the Pirates? Exactly. That's what – it's a business thing, guys. It's a business Yeah, maybe you can create some new fans from down in uh, Camp Lejeune or Seymour Johnson. Nothing or, against uh, the military, but you're giving – Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. I um, had a little bit of lag. I was saying 
That to me, that's like giving tickets to NC State. I mean, that makes no sense. We need to be giving tickets to um, people that are going to support East Carolina. And yeah, like if you give it another game, they would probably come there and support the team. Especially maybe there's a game that is less attended um, that make that military appreciation. Well, maybe what we should do um, for military appreciation day, maybe we should give all the tickets to Seymour Johnson and to uh, Fort Bragg. That way, we have a bunch of Army and Air Force rather than Marines come up, and uh, they'll they'll cheer against Navy. <laughs> well. I hear you guys. I, I said one thing uh, about the crowd since we since we just mentioned that it looked awesome on TV last night, and uh, I, I was impressed with the turnout we had against Campbell. Um, Dave, you were at the game, right? How how was the atmosphere at the game last night? Because it looked good on TV. It was, uh, yeah, no doubt about it. Very loud, um, and I was worried about this game with the Campbell game. That was another thing I was going to say about Coach Houston is that this era now people know we're going to win. And people are starting to come to games where Campbell in the past, no disrespect to Campbell, but being an FCS opponent, they would have said, oh, it's just Campbell. But the tailgate uh, fans were rocking. We were there for a couple, two, uh, about two hours before the game. I was a little later than I wanted to be. I'm only there at least three hours before the game. Um, but again, this week, one to uh, one o'clock, the tailgate lots open up a six o'clock game for Navy. Let's have a whole bunch of people, 1-800-DOL-ECU, or you can get them online at ECU. EastonPirates.com. Let's get a lot of people there. It looked the student turnout was good. Um, I don't know how many students were there last night, but it looked good on TV. Uh, family weekend seems to always do well here, and that was family weekend for Campbell. Um, I don't know how many how many Campbell. I, I don't know how many people Campbell sent. I'm assuming no more than a couple thousand. Um, but uh, you know, still, it's, it's it's a regional opponent. Family weekend, the old the old Dominion game. The weather was so bad, so I think a lot of people uh, that would have came to that game, you may, maybe they can't make all four home games in a row uh, because they missed the ODU game before the weather came for the Campbell game. So uh, forty one thousand, forty two thousand, whatever it was, um, that's a, that's a great crowd. Uh, that um, forty three thousand and thirty four. Say again. It was forty three thousand and thirty four. 43,034 that we weren't getting those kinds of crowds even last year, you know, with the exception of South Carolina. So, uh, no, that's an incredible crowd and, uh, need to have over 40,000 again for Navy. This is a much bigger game. So, uh, we need to do, uh, we need to have over 40,000 again this weekend for Navy. And like I said, the weather's going to be fantastic. No doubt about it, guys. In fact, uh, we, I want to get your opinion on guys that were there. Um, I, I didn't go to the concession stand. Did anybody know about how the concession stand? I heard mixed reviews, so I was just curious to see, um, not to dwell on that topic because we have a lot to talk about, but uh, I want to get your thoughts on anybody that's uh, still watching tonight. we got a great crowd here again later than normal. Sorry about that, but uh, just want to get your thoughts on how the game day experience was going. I want to give a shout-out to the operations guy. My son actually kicked a <laughs> – <laughs> my son actually kicked a uh, a football in the practice field, and of course it's locked. And the uh, one of the operations guy by the name of Drew went over there and got it and uh, gave it back to my son. And so I just want to give them a shout out for the operations crew, uh, guys. We have so many great people that are working behind the scenes and never give it the love. So anytime I can give a love to um, ECU, I'm going to do that, especially for the people that. They don't, you know, ever get any kind of love. Maybe they want to be behind the scenes, but I appreciate that very, very much. 
Yeah, I, I have no comment on the concession stands. Obviously, healing from surgery, I wasn't there last night. Um, I, if anybody viewing wants to comment on the concessions, uh, feel free to do so. Last night with 43,000 there was a chance to make up from bad taste in people's mouths for the NC State game. Um, obviously, being a night game, there wasn't as much need for uh, hydration, but still it was humid out, and uh, people still like to eat and drink. And uh, so uh, it would be interesting to see how the lines were, if everything went smoother last night for the concessions. No doubt about it. And and like I said, I wasn't trying to uh, – I, I didn't want to dwell on it. I've just heard mixed reviews, so just curious about that. Uh, as far as uh, the overall game experience, I thought, uh, again, the crowd was incredible. Appreciate that very much. The students are coming out in droves. Really happy to see that, guys, that the Boneyard, speaking of which – uh, the Boneyard got renamed the Clark Family Boneyard, so we have that now. But uh, the Boneyard looked fantastic. And, uh, Matt, I agree with you. I thought um, the crowd was great. I thought the the play overall was great for our our team, and I'm looking forward to this week with Navy. Guys, do you have uh, – I know we have a few more minutes. What are you guys looking forward to for uh, Navy? Uh, I know there were some concerns, but people talking about – seeing the quarterback from Campbell that we would have problems this week with Navy and, it, but it's not the same offense. So I don't think that's. No, well, it doesn't translate. One has nothing to do with the other. Um, it, that quarterback didn't beat us last night, you know, uh, by running the option. He, he, he beat us. Well, he didn't beat us, but he, he you know, he, 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 he ran around back there and made plays throwing the ball by being elusive. You know, they weren't running the triple option. Um, so I, I don't think one has anything to do with the other. Um, Thoughts against Navy, uh, I'll believe we'll beat them by 17 or more when I see it. Uh, history shows that um, we haven't done it in the past. Uh, I think we win the game. Um, I would not I would not touch that line with a 10-foot pole. We may cover it if we do. Um, the, de- the defense is going to need a, a, you know, a, a, a round of – look, man, if we cover that line, the defense needs a, a standing ovation at the end of the game. Because that means we we uh, we finally held them. Like I told uh, Matt, if, you know, three touchdowns. We held them to twenty four points, three touchdowns, um, and and we come away with the vic. To me, that defense needs a standing ovation. Yeah, yep. uh, that would that would be great. And it, we can do it this year. I mean, like I said, Delaware held them to seven points. I think they'll be a much better team here three weeks later. But. You know, to, to answer your question, Dave. You know I what? Seen, you know, the Matt. To me, those FCS teams when they hold, when they hold, they use they're used to seeing the triple option more at the FCS level. So to me, that never surprises me when you see Army or Navy struggle with an FCS. Gotcha. Yeah. No, that's a good point. I mean, the more you see it, no doubt prepares you for it. But you know, guys, I have the same three thoughts every year on Navy. The same three thoughts. Um, the first one win first down on defense, don't allow them to get five, six yards on, on first down because they're always essentially in four-down territory. So if they get in a situation where it's fourth and one, fourth and two, regardless where they are on the field, they're going to go for it. So first, you have to win first down defense. Um, the other thing that always concerns me about Navy is when they lull you to sleep with the ground game and then they take that play-action deep shot over the top. Um, it happens anytime I watch Navy, they're going to take that shot three or four times a game. You don't know when it's coming, but they're really good at it. And I don't want to see us give up anything cheap like that. 
Um, and then the third, the third final thought I have is we need to whip their ass up front on a defensive line. And, and we have the guys to do it now. Um, we're more athletic. We're bigger. We're stronger. Um, win the battles up front on the defensive line. And, and, you know, if you can do those three things, I think you, you come away with a win. Score early, score often. If you can get up by two touchdowns early. Um, and and, and it, if you can keep a two-score gap, then by the fourth quarter, they're going to have to start throwing the ball more. So uh, I, I'd like to be up by two scores of the fourth. Um, Coach Logan's philosophy used to be to get up by two scores early and just keep scoring. I remember when you, you guys used to play Army, Matt. Um, I remember him talking about that anyway. I don't know. I'm sure he relayed the same thing to the defense. Um, so uh, score early. Score, score. Hey, there's Bubba. Bubba. Do you want to say anything? Hey, Bubba. What's going on, guys? Uh, Bubba, you yeah, uh, pretty exhausted after. Up. Yeah, I, I was just signing in to you know, chime in very quickly regarding some of those things you were just discussing. Uh, in addition to playing Navy and also the attendance last night, Pirate Nation was awesome. Um, I, th- I think that 43,000 was very legit. Uh, as far as the number of tickets actually sold. And um, Pirate Nation really stepped up. I was pleasantly surprised. And like Dave said, third consecutive home game, FCS opponent. Uh, Campbell didn't bring as many fans as I thought they would. Right. That was my – Bubba, that uh, was uh, – I thought – you... um, But I didn't think – I thought um, – that's kind of what I had brought up with Chris last week on the Pirate Preview. I wasn't trying to be funny when I said something about them having 4,100 at home. I, I honestly thought that they would probably have at least two or three, maybe 4,000 come to Greenville just because of the novelty of playing East Carolina for the first time. Yeah, I, it surprises me that they didn't have that many. I, you know, I didn't take a hit count of how many Campbell fans were there. Uh, on TV, but uh, surprises me. How, Bubba, how many would you say were there? Uh, if you look at that section, um, they are the, the the end section on the north side. Yep. It was probably it was no more than half full, maybe maybe a Two third thousand. full. It, yeah, it was it was not it was not what I anticipated, and really, and I know there was some, and some of these Campbell fans. May not have been wearing orange. Uh, they, uh, there were some around me that were wearing black, but there wasn't as much orange and black sprinkled in um, as I thought there would be. I mean, I, obviously, I knew it wasn't going to be like NC State, but I just thought I would see more orange sprinkled in. And granted, that orange was a little bit harder to spot because of the painted gold, which was um, interesting timing for the painted gold, but pretty good participation nonetheless. Yeah, to me, if we're going to do a painted gold night, then we need to have some more something more to do gold with the uniforms besides friggin' pants. Um, I've been wanting to see a gold helmet with a purple face mask for forever, for forever. I think our logo on a gold helmet with a purple face mask, nice shiny chrome, would look badass. Um, I, I think if, you know that's something we need to do in the future. Robert says five the eight hundred total. If that's the case, that's horrible. Uh, if they didn't even bring fifteen hundred people, then um, you know, you, you you almost want to say don't have them back. That let it be it. But we did draw well for them, so uh, 
Now, Robert's eight, that eight hundred. I mean, that could be could be accurate. Um, it's, it's kind of hard to tell, like we were saying, uh, for those various reasons. Uh, I do think that uh, you know, he's accurate from the standpoint that it was a lot closer to eight hundred than it was, you know, three or four thousand. Is it may have been twelve or fifteen hundred, but it wasn't as as a larger crowd from Campbell as I thought there would be. Well, the reason you schedule a regional FCS, because you could schedule Central Connecticut State, the reason you, the reason you schedule a regional FCS is because you think they're going to bring some fans. And uh, they didn't. Now we drew well for them anyway. So um, I guess I thought that's all that matters. <clears throat> no doubt, Mark, uh, Campbell baseball fans are awesome. Yeah, no, that, and that's that's a good baseball rivalry. Um, but you know, and basketball it's different, too. Different they um, they have a good these of fans. Yeah, different sport. Uh, so you know, ain't, ain't gonna be the same for football. Um, Campbell better not become a rival for football. Uh, so uh, it's a uh, baseball's a different animal. But yeah, okay. Campbell baseball fans uh, and Campbell baseball in general is good. And guys, yeah, they're going. Hey, they're going. They're going, they're going to the sun. The Campbell. Hey, they're going. They're going yeah, to they're, the club. I I know. I'm I'm, jo- I'm giving you a hard time. I'm joking with you. Hey, you I know, know what? Yeah, I wouldn't give me a hard time because I think if you took Pirate Nation's uh, polls on a poll, I think uh, I think my opinion would win. <laughs> Just that that TV money. Exactly, and that's going away, Bubba. Unfortunately, that's going away. We all know. And I don't, I don't disagree. That's why. I mean, there, there's a lot of a, uh, a lot of appeal for the Sun Belt, uh, and I know you. And that's obviously preaching the choir as far as that TV money. I know you understand what's going on there, but yeah, I know you guys already talked about the game last night. Um, just very quickly, some of the main things that stood out to me was pretty much what I thought it would be. I didn't think they would be able to slow us down offensively, and, and that was the case uh, outside of a possession or two. You know, we took care of the football. Keaton Mitchell running at will, averaging nearly 15 yards a carry. Holton had a uh, unbelievable night, just three incompletions. Um, it was just a matter of Hodge Malik Williams getting his fits early with his uh, you know, Derek King-like abilities as far as moving around and uh, being elusive. And th- that was great preparation for uh, you know, some of what we'll see with John Rice Plumley with UCF. And, uh, it, yes, it was frustrating, but uh, you think about it, that out of Campbell's 400 yards, 150 of those came in the first 10 minutes of the ball game. So, uh, no, not our best defensive performance, but um, at the same time, it was, wasn't – as bad as you know, those 400 yards made it seem because for the final 50 minutes, we played decent football. Yeah, and, and we gave up 10 points, which is really all that matters. Guys, as we wrap this up, uh, any any scores to jump out to y'all yesterday? Obviously, our uh, our, our neighbors over at, in, uh, in uh, Boone, North Carolina at App State hosted game day yesterday. And if you have not seen the end of that game, uh, I encourage everybody to go on the ESPN app on YouTube, but if you go on the ESPN app, you can find that clip from the ESPN Plus broadcast with their radio crew calling it, and their radio crew was hysterical calling that uh, calling that touchdown. You literally cannot understand them for about five seconds. It just sounds like they're, you know, it's, it's, it, 
unbelievable, unbelievable. What a way for, for, for App State to win that game after hosting game day. Uh, you, you get stuck on ESPN Plus after hosting game day, but you make damn sure everybody sees the end of your game. Yeah, what what an emotional roller coaster uh, for that football team and those fans uh, over the last three weeks. Okay. Dropping the heartbreaker to North Carolina where they had the conclusion that could have won the ball game. Then going to the A&M and one of the biggest wins in the program's history in terms of uh, you know who they beat in the the stage and and top sixteen and then winning the way they did yesterday unbelievable and to hear those coaches and players talking about it in the post game uh, was was pretty incredible and then the Sun Belt Conference uh, a bunch of near misses as well as some other leagues yesterday uh, you had South Alabama getting beat on the last second field goal at UCLA. And that was like a 20 or 24 yarder. Same thing happened to Old Dominion up at UVA. I mean, yeah, it was very close, yeah. very close to Old Dominion. And uh, James Madison you know, being able to say, hey, we're the two best teams in the state of Virginia. Yeah. And Liberty also almost beat, uh, yeah. almost beat Wake Forest. Uh, yeah, Liberty lost in the last second field goal. Uh, in conference, South Florida uh, almost beat Florida. Tulane was a very nice win for the conference. Over uh, Kansas State in law in uh, in Manhattan, uh, I believe that was in Manhattan. Was that in Manhattan or New Orleans, guys? That was in Manhattan. Yep. Very very nice win for two Tulane touchdown dogs, and uh, you know, in my weekly pick them, I took Tulane no hesitation on uh, the way they had handled their business against inferior competition. I just had a feeling that they they give K State everything they wanted, and they they certainly did that. And then so, yeah, so that game. Uh, that game has just changed quite a bit when we go down to New Orleans here in a few weeks. That, uh, that, that's going to be one of the bigger conference games this year. Uh, other games to note, Eastern Michigan. You guys know um, I'm a huge fan of their head coach, have been ever since he's been there. I also love their AD. We, you know, uh, very pleased to see them beat Arizona State last night. Um, and uh, Arizona Bye State. Say again? Bye-bye, Herm. Yeah, Arizona State Park plays with Tom Herman because of that. But a uh, great win for Chris Craig in Eastern Michigan. Herm Her Edwards, right? You play to win the game, guys. Yeah, yeah, you play to win you the play. game. And, uh, <laughs> win, win. and guys, obviously the uh, the MAC and the Pac-12 don't square off a ton. But at the right. same time, I saw an interesting stat. I believe I had this correct. Uh, I believe the stat was that that may have been the that was the first, maybe the first win by a MAC team over Pac-12 team. That that was ranked, or it was something of that nature. It was a pretty, a pretty impressive stat. Yeah, and before Chris Creighton became the head coach at Eastern Michigan, they had never beaten a a Power Five or BCS school uh, in the history of, of the football program. And uh, now they've beaten several. Chris Creighton's a hell of a football coach. Um, uh, also in the MAC, uh, the Marshall Thundering Herd. Uh, Bowling Green and Marshall's a rivalry. I don't know if people realize that. Um, and uh, Marshall loses to Bowling Green in overtime a week after losing, beating Notre Dame. Uh, and another one, I didn't check to see if this would final, guys. Uh, Bubba, you'll probably know. Did Northern hold on to beat Vandy? Uh, Vandy won that game. Vandy came back and beat Northern. Okay. Well, so I much think they that. won by 10, I want to say. Okay. At one point, it was Northern. 38 28, Vandy. 
Okay, at one point, at one point, Northern had like a touchdown lead in that game, I believe. So uh, Vandy uh, comes back to uh, to beat the uh, the Northern Illinois Huskies. So uh, so much for that. But a uh, couple good wins for the MAC yesterday, anyway, over Marshall and over um, and over uh, Arizona State. Um, any other scores? We'll, well, we'll while we're making, we I'll, I'll tell you guys the one yes. that impressed me the most yesterday. The team that impressed me the most was really quick Penn State on the road at Auburn, yeah. and just gave them an absolute beatdown. Yeah, I, I don't mean, think Auburn's was, any good. It, I, I know, but uh, man, I'll tell you to go in there and yeah. to give them a beatdown like that. I was pretty impressed. So, uh, and you guys know I'm a Big Ten guy, so love to see it. No, I also, don't. <laughs> uh, there's been a lot oh, of no, FBS okay. teams upsetting FBS teams this year. Bubba, you're cutting out on them. Arkansas were ranked in the top 10 for the first time in a long time. They nearly got upset by Missouri State, had to rally from a 10 point deficit in the fourth quarter. Uh, and, then, and then Robert's comment here is pretty funny. Hilarious. Said hilarious. Did, did y'all see the app fan on college game day um, that had the, the only ATM that will allow you to draw one 1.5 million? Ah, very good. Uh, very, very good. It's reminiscent of uh, A&T. Show me my money or whatever it was. But uh, no, uh, 1.5 million to, to, to pay you to get beat. Uh, uh, that's a... Uh, that's all. Speaking of FCS versus FPS, uh, I saw a lot of people picking North Dakota State to beat Arizona this week. Uh, what happened in that game? That was after my bedtime. Arizona won a close one. Okay. Well, there you go. When everybody is picking it to happen, uh, you're ready to play them, and you better be ready to play North Dakota State. So uh, Arizona did not get upset by the Bison. No, they didn't. Uh, do you guys have anything before we get out of here? What about the SMU game? Who won that game, guys? Maryland. Maryland won it. They gave SMU every chance to win that game, and uh, they just they just refused to do it. Uh, but uh, no, Maryland won. Uh, I think SMU should have won it. Uh, Maryland won by a touchdown, but uh, SMU okay. had every had every opportunity uh, in the world. Uh, also, last night watched Memphis and Arkansas State. Uh, Memphis was lucky to win that one. They put it away late. And another another game of note from the region, uh, being they're going to be – or two more, two more, then I'll wrap up my comments. Charlotte got their first win of the year last night beating Georgia State. Uh, that shocked me. Because Georgia State, despite being 0-2, had played pretty well. Uh, so, shocking to see Charlotte win that game as bad as they played. And then the other one, uh, UAB, uh, knocking off Georgia Southern a week after they beat Nebraska. Impressive win. Yeah, guys, did you see this from um, Casey said, did you all see the clip of the Houston players fighting after one player is accused? Uh, I didn't understand a word you said, so I'll read the comment. Do you guys see the clip of the Houston players fighting fighting after one player calls? Uh, He did not. uh, You know what? Uh, That's not good for, for Houston. If um, they're fighting with themselves um, on the field, um, you know, they got blew out yesterday by Kansas. I, uh, I think Dana Holgerson's the most overrated coach in college football, and they're one and two right now. 
and were preseason top 25, uh, they could easily be 0 and 3. So um, I, uh, I'll continue to say it until I'm blue in the face. Uh, he's the most overrated coach in college football. Hey, and uh, Lance Leipold, what a job he is doing there in Lawrence, 3-0. and And just like we all thought, guys, 3-0 and Kansas hosting 3-0 and Duke next weekend there, um, there in Lawrence. Yeah, I called it before the season started, Bubba. I said that was going to happen. I said Kansas would be 3-0, and Duke would be 3-0, and and it would be one of the marquee matchups of uh, week four. You know, I, I, I called it. By the way, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and predict this now. Um, it, it, Duke gets the, uh, the, 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 the red lit off their sucker. Uh, I, Kansas is going to blow out. Okay, okay. No, I don't think so. I do. I mean, I feel like we're talking about like a final four game here. I think Kansas will. I think Kansas will win. Um, I I would be a little surprised if it's a blowout. Just um, I know that offense of Kansas is clicking on all cylinders, but I, I think it'll probably be two or three touchdowns. And I mean, if that's, but um, but yeah, I mean, three then, touchdowns is a blowout. But uh, to me, dude, right? you, when, when you look at dude. <laughs> Bubba, when you go back and listen to this, when you go back and listen to this, you're you're gonna love your audio quality. Um, Great, I, man. I, I, I I think um I think Duke. If you really look at them, they they guy's done a hell of a job, and he's a great football coach. I've been big on him since he was defense coordinator at Bowling Green, so I'm not taking anything away from him as a coach, but. When you look at who they've beaten, um, Temple's not very good. They did show some signs of life against Rutgers. Um, Northwestern got beat by Southern Illinois yesterday. That win against Nebraska doesn't mean anything anymore. Um, so I don't really don't know how good that Northwestern team is that Duke beat. And then they beat uh, who did they beat yesterday? A and T. A and T. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I you know I, yeah. I know a, I know A and T beat us one year, but nonetheless, um, I, I think Duke is much improved. But no, I, th- I think Kansas wins that game going away. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. We'll see. But really, don't care that much. But I, I uh, you know, and uh, didn't mean for Bubba to go by picking on his audio. But um, I, uh, I do think Kansas wins that game going away. Does I wonder what the spread is on that? I don't know. I haven't seen that, but um, <clears throat> I think if people take Duke for granted, like the last couple of years, then they'll be highly mistaken. Well, Kansas ain't going to take anybody for granted, but I'm just, when you look at who Kansas beat, they've beaten Houston, they've beaten West Virginia. So, um, they can score. Uh, yes. Yeah. And it's in Lawrence. Um, I, you know, I, I think Duke is, is vastly improved, but I think, uh, I think Kansas wins that one. I, I'll say by three touchdowns, which to me is, you know, a blowout. Yeah. I was thinking about 17 without having seen the line. I was thinking it was probably, Probably around seventeen points. Yeah, yeah. I doubt the. You know, I imagine the line's actually probably going to be relatively close, Matt. I, I bet you the line's seven to ten. Okay, I can see that. I, I bet you. I mean, I don't know. I haven't looked, but um, now I wish I had. If I if I try to look, it's going to close me out. Uh, and we're about to wrap this thing up. No doubt, Matt. I know you had a point that you were going to make. 
Yeah, yeah. Just one fun, just a one quick point I wanted to make, guys. Um, I'll say I've been enjoying college football more this year than I think I ever have. And I think the reason why is because the parody we're seeing around this, this is, I, I'm kind of willing to, to go out on a limb here and say, we're seeing a shift in college football right now. This almost feels like college basketball with the parody we're seeing. You kind of get the sense now that anybody can win on any given day. It feels very different to me. You're seeing all these crazy upsets every week. Um, is it the transfer portal? We all have our yes. thoughts on that. Yes. But I, I really think, guys, that they, there's a shift happening right now in college football, and I love it. I, I think it's fantastic. Yeah, I said, you know, I, I made that prediction um, several times that I thought the transfer portal, despite it being annoying, I, I, I think you'll see a group of five schools lose a star player here and there. But I think, and we're seeing it, way more power five schools are losing players because of depth. You know, you think a guy like Jalen Johnson comes here and uh, he's getting plenty of playing time, and he was buried on the depth chart of Georgia. So, you know, it, it, that kind of thing is, is happening and it's given a lot of teams depth. Uh, the 12-team playoff, I think it's an unintended uh, – believe me, they didn't want to make a fairer, Matt. It's an, unde- it's an unintended consequence. The 12-team playoff right. can make things a lot, a lot fairer. Um, the only thing right now, to me, that's a negative, and I like NIL to a point, I wish they'd put a cap on it. If they would put a cap on NIL with the 12-team playoff coming, um, college football, despite what the Big what the Big Ten and SEC is trying to do, is is becoming you know more equal than ever. If if they put a cap on NIL at a certain dollar amount, then I think you you we, we'd really have something. Hey guys, I got that line for the Duke Kansas game. It's eight and a half Kansas. Yeah, Duke. I figured it'd be seven to ten. But uh I say take Kansas in the points, Dave. I guess you're gonna say take Duke uh to cover the spread. But um we all know you're a Duke fan. So uh <laughs> No, I just I, I think that Elko has really I, I liked him and I, I'll be honest with you guys. I think that what I expected this year is you would see some bright, you know, some Bright spots, but it would be a, a really tough year for Elko. And, yeah, I mean, they're not playing Florida State. They're not playing a lot of the teams. But I, I think that um, they're a dangerous team. I think Duke is a dangerous team in the Coastal. I really do. The Coastal is always one that's uh, over under 64. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's uh, so. uh, probably give me the over. Um, I uh, – I, I really, uh, I really like Elko too, and I think he's done an incredible job. Duke's three and zero. You can't say he's done anything but an incredible job. But I, um, I don't think, you know, I, I don't think they're as good as as the three and zero might make you think they are. I, I do think they're they're much improved, but um, I think Kansas, I think Kansas is probably significantly better than them. Um, but we'll see. I could be wrong. Doesn't really matter much. Yeah, I'm, I'm focused on my uh, my focus is on Navy ECU. So, uh, who would have thought Duke and Kansas would have been given this much talking time on this podcast? <laughs> the show, yeah, exactly. on any podcast until until March. That was uh, a <laughs> yeah. The chances of that were very very slim. Oh. Uh, and by the way, guys, I, I was going to make this point too. I I really believe that Mike Houston. And I know Kyle and I'll disagree on this, but I really believe that 
if he were to stay and you have 10, 11 wins and you can actually have an easier path to the playoff, you would stay with East Carolina, right? Then going somewhere for more money, um, I, I'd like to think he would, but uh, money okay, you're gonna take Okay, let me last. So if you go to the SEC, there's no pressure. The fans don't want you to win a national championship and you're one, um, you know, so you would st- you would go there. You get the payday, sure, but he's making about $2 million. What, what I would do versus what I think will happen is two different things. I think if he wins 10 or 11 games and gets a job offer – Making five million a year, he's going to he's gonna he's gonna leave. Um, it's just let me ask you a question, Dave. Um, you um, you love your job, right? If if um, if if if, uh, if you got a if you got a call tomorrow from um, from uh, I don't know, uh, we'll say we'll say Duke Hospital, and they offered you two hundred thousand a year, would you take it? Yeah, you take it, but I don't have a chance to win. A, I don't have the the caveat in there about yeah, winning a national. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I, I think we're a long ways away from from that. But no, I'm not saying we're. I understand. What I'm saying is that with having that playoff and having us have a chance, if we win, if we win the American, which that's something we have to we're striving for right now, and I think we have a outside shot this year at doing that. Then, which we've never had a chance since, since 2014 doing that, by the way, then that puts us in 2024. By the time the playoff does come around, you have a lot easier path in the American than you do with the, the SEC. Look at South Carolina. Shane Beamer, who well, has an easier path? Well, I mean, yes, I understand what you're saying. Um, but nonetheless, that doesn't change the fact. You know, if Auburn offers like Houston, he's gone. It's just just a fact of life. Um, I no, I, I mean, I, 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 if he was an East Carolina alum, then um, I could see him staying. But his career has shown a track record of, of he, he, he's a climber. You know, he, he went from he went from the Citadel, he went from Lenore Ryan to the Citadel to James Madison to East Carolina. So you know, I, I wish he'd stay here and keep winning for as, as long as he wants to, but. Uh, to, to answer your question, I think if uh, if we win ten or eleven, let, let's let's say we have a nine or ten win season, and he gets a job offer from Georgia Tech, maybe he goes, maybe he doesn't. Um, but if he gets, you know, it, it's going to depend on the money thrown at him. When, when, at the end of the day, it's a business, and um, if you can make more money and significantly more money, you're probably going to go. Um, that's just how it is. Uh, but um, it's, it, it's, it's a good situation to be in. It beats the alternative. Yeah, yeah and, and we're definitely – we definitely could thank Mike Houston and his staff for a much better place. And, and look, a long ways to go. You know, we might go 7-5 oh, yeah. this year and nobody gives them a call. So, I mean, I don't I don't think that's going to happen, but it could. It's a lot of parity in this league. No doubt about it. Hey, uh, on a good note, by the way, uh, how about this, uh, Kyle? Richard Ellsbrook, our dear friend, said, we need a sports objective tailgate. The military tail- bowl tailgate was a bust. So was a bowl, Richard, by the way. <laughs> I would love to hang out with this crew and fans. And, uh, Richard, we do have a tailgate spot, and we're working on improving that. We're in the premium lot in uh, Space 41 near the practice field. So uh, we're working on making that uh, certainly and better. As like the show, we're trying very hard to improve all aspects of it. So. Despite what people think. So, by the way, I want to mention, guys, 
Uh, Danny Whifford of Bonesville, want to thank him very much for the collaboration we have with Bonesville.net. Uh, they're putting a lot of uh, Bubba's been working behind the scenes with Danny. want to give a, a shout out to them for allowing a lot of our content uh, that we have uh, going up there. By the way, guys, tomorrow night is going to be awesome. We have three former players uh, like Pernell Griffin. I know is one of them. Uh, but Pirate Pastors, they're going to be with uh, Coach Jeff Connors, uh, Co Jeff Connors tomorrow <laughs> night uh, the, 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 on Absolute Empowerment. And uh, Coach Connors doing an excellent job. It's Pernell Griffin, Leonard Henry, and Brian Moss. That's tomorrow night uh, with that uh, for sure. So uh, make sure you check that out. Uh, we're looking forward to it. Appreciate all the support, by the way. A lot of great uh, Pirates uh, with our programming. We appreciate uh that, in fact, I was going to show you guys uh, that very thing of all the different uh, the shows that we have. If our I can graphic of our programming. Yep. Can you there find the I graphic, can... Dave? You got it? You got the graphic? There it goes. All right. There, there it is. <laughs> Tell them our programs, Dave. Absolute Empowerment is tomorrow night, like we talked about. Our Pirate Preview, we will preview Navy on Tuesday. The Pirate Breakdown with Sutton Young is Wednesday. And also, hey, some guy named Semenza, Sonny and Semenza on Wednesday night. Uh, we have our Inside Slant on Thursday night, the uh, Pirates uh, Life for Me on Friday. That's going to be Pirate Owl with Bubba Rosenbaum on Friday. And Saturday, uh, we have about the sights and sounds. Uh, and then, of course, Sunday night is the Pirate Playback. So, guys, looking forward to that. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I know we I know we can't wait to for all of us to be here and to enjoy it uh, for sure. And uh, I'll try to find that graphic for you, the right one here in a second. There, there we go. We um, but anyway, great uh, win for the Pirates. And uh, you guys going to give a prediction? You think we're going to beat Navy next week? This coming week, I should say? Uh, yeah, I think we win. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll save the score for later on in the week. But, yeah, I think I think the Pirates get it done finally and beat the Middies in Greenville. And that's just so hard to believe. It's one of those stats that you would think we've at least done it once or twice. But, no, never in Greenville. Both times and Annapolis, including uh, the 54-yarder from Owen Dafford. Glad to see him back on track and the support of the fans, for sure. You guys got anything before we go? Beat Navy. That's that's all I have. Beat Navy. All right. Sounds good. All right. So, uh, thanks to LNK Custom Homes. Appreciate them. The support of the program. I know PGXGloves.com and Porky's Backyard Barbecue also are sponsors, but our title sponsor, LNK Custom Homes. Good night, everybody. And as always, go Pirates. You've been watching the Pirate Football Playback on the Sports Objective. Join us next Sunday night on our YouTube channel and Facebook Live as we talk East Carolina football. Follow us on social media at the Sports OBJ on Twitter and TikTok, at the Sports Objective on Instagram. Please like and follow our Facebook page and subscribe to our YouTube channel. As always, we appreciate you listening to the show. Go Pirates!